Hi, I'm Fuad. And I'm Damien. And this is the Into the Deal First podcast. On today's episode, we talk about feeling behind in life. Um, so basically, like, you know, we're all in our young 20s and we're all entering adulthood and it's really easy to compare yourself to different people. So we're going to be unpacking that today and talking a little bit more on that. Right, so let's get this discussion started um i know you always start with a quote so why don't you tell me what your quote is for today <laughs> actually i thought we would like switch it up a bit um and i just wanted to give a quick shout out to something that was very near and dear to my heart yeah um so it's one dollar iced coffees back at mcdonald's you know like Ooh. this is something that i really enjoy Ooh, they're all, on all summer long it's not yeah, even bro, summertime, like, bro. Come on. Bro, McDonald's is stepping up the game. I don't know what they're on, but I, I respect the vision. Yeah. Like, we're not even sponsored by McDonald's, but I really hope we can get there one Honestly, day. Honestly, so we might as well be sponsored coffees. because I, I bro, love McDonald's. So, yeah. Yo, me too. Like, literally, I'm, I'm sipping on my iced coffee right Dude, now. Dude, how are you drinking coffee? Um, it's like midnight in Toronto. Come on, bro. Yeah, but I got to do it for the, the combo, you know? <laughs> Anyways, for the combo. all jokes aside, uh, this is a very interesting topic. I know you don't, you're not listening to this because we're funny, although we're pretty funny. Um, <laughs> this is a really, really serious topic, and I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. And so, thank you, Damien, for suggesting it. Um, feeling behind in life, I think, is is more prevalent today than it's ever been in the past, largely because of things like social media. Um, it's very easy, and I, I think LinkedIn is is a perfect example of it. And it's also like at once a really amazing platform and a really horrendous platform as well Um, because it's very easy to start comparing yourself to people on LinkedIn. And I say that having, you know, having been through that, that cycle of like scrolling through LinkedIn and seeing people post like, Oh, I got an internship here. Oh, I have an offer here. Oh, like I'm, I'm a Forbes 30 under 30. And you're like, Oh geez, Uh I'm failing my physics class. So um, it's definitely it's definitely really easy to get caught in those feelings with social media, and so I think it's a, it's a very timely topic for that reason. I don't know, Damien, do you have any thoughts on that? Man, yeah, LinkedIn is uh, definitely a big one, but even like with the other platforms, like LinkedIn, obviously, it's catered towards a more professional background, and when it comes to seeing how far people are advancing within their careers, that can be, I guess, daunting to look at. Yeah, but even like on the other platforms. When it comes to other aspects in life, you'll see people who are, I don't know, who are doing a lot of traveling, for, exa- uh, for example. Oh, yeah, for sure. People who are picking up, like, new skills and stuff like that. Like, they'll be posting examples of how far they're progressing on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. <laughs> and even seeing that, you know, it's just like, oh, man, like, my like my guy out here, he's traveling around Southeast Asia, you know, doing his backpacking thing. And, like, I'm still sitting on my couch watching Netflix. 100%, yeah that hurts you know it hurts and it does that's the thing like feeling behind in life doesn't necessarily have to be confined just to professional things yeah like career professional things quote-unquote success yeah exactly yeah um you know like i was talking to flo about this actually and um, oh yeah it, yeah it can come just very different things that like, you can see someone who maybe on paper looks like they've had it all made for them 
um mm-hmm. you know they got the they got the cars they got the big house the gorgeous wife etc etc but mm. he may look he or she may look to you know somebody else in their life one of their friends and see like oh wow like they're really good at cooking like i wish i was at that point you know like mm-hmm. they've got decades of cooking culinary experience on me and like i i just i couldn't get to that point and you know maybe it's like as it's a little more unlikely to see that kind of mindset and people are more successful like they tend to cut the excuses right yeah um but even still like the point is it doesn't necessarily have to be just you know just job success or material success it could be just with the smallest things no i i definitely agree with that and i i think like yeah, the whole like Instagram is your highlight reel type of thing really plays out here where it's like it's very easy to post the things you're good at and you're much less likely to post the things you're not good at. And so all you see on your feed is things that people are good at. You don't see like people failing. You don't see people trying. You don't see like the things that people are insecure about because they, they won't post that picture because they're insecure about it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's very easy to get into that kind of trap. And I think the biggest thing, too, is that um, and I was reading this somewhere. I forget where it was, but. Uh, I think the most curious thing about all this is that we're at a unique position where, you know, through most of your life, you're at a similar socioeconomic status to most of your friends. Like, even if, yeah, you might be a little poorer, but like, realistically, when you're at school, that doesn't matter as much. Like, yeah, some people drip a little harder than others in recess, but um, like, <laughs> overall, <laughs> um, overall, like people are about the same income if you go to the same school. And even if you're not the same income, you know, while you're at school, like, Things like grades matter a little bit more, you know, things like, you know, how funny you are, how fast you run. And then um, even in university to an extent, you know, people are pretty broke. They're all students. But yeah, some people take better vacations than others. But like at the end of the day, like you're all kind of living the student life. You're all eating like quick chick or like Subway for dinner. Like you're none of you guys are like going to amazing restaurants every night. Um, but then a unique thing happens when you're like getting into internships and graduating. You start realizing that people have very different life trajectories once they graduate. Um, And it becomes really, really evident. And some of you might have seen this in high school as well, because Mm -hmm. um, it does happen in high school, um, depending on whether your friend group all goes to university or or doesn't. Because, you know, somebody's life trajectory drastically changes based on the level of education they have and based on the field they go into. Um, And so you start seeing that a lot more in your early 20s, where the people who, like, you know, got into med school are, like, still studying, but then the people who got into tech are, like, making... 200k now and then you'll see that again i guess when people finish grad school but like it's really really starting to like be drastically different now where you could have a friend that's like seventy thousand dollars in debt and you could have a friend that makes 400k a year and they're the same age um and i think this is that's the kind of situation we're in that really really exacerbates this problem yeah the honestly like the 20s are really weird time to uh to be alive um you see, I guess just speaking of what you just said, you see some people who are, you know, well into their career and some people who are still in school. You'll see some people getting married, having kids, and some people are discovering love for the first time. And it's given the playing field is what it is, it seems like where you're supposed to be at life is just this super arbitrary thing. Like you can't place metrics on where you're supposed to be based on whatever what other people are doing Mm -hmm. and you know especially when it comes to social media people are only posting their successes you know like don't let that set the pace at which you need to get through life and it's an always it's always an important thing to remember that just because it took you longer to get to the same spot that somebody else is in 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you failed. You succeeded all the same. Like a Mercedes is a Mercedes, regardless if you have it at 20 or 30 mm-hmm, or 40. Mm-hmm. So it's important just to, I guess, do a bit of self-reflection and decide for yourself what's important. And like the earlier you can figure that out, you know, build that self-awareness, the happier you'll be for it in the future. And it's it obviously that it's a lot easier said than done. But the only way you can do that is through putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, you know, work hard for it, learn a new skill, take up a new hobby. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, too, you know, like given the I guess like LinkedIn may have exacerbated this a bit, too, but. Honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like, especially among like some of my more motivated friends, it feels like you can't take a day off. Like you can't take a break. It's always constantly got to be grinding, grinding, grinding. Mm-hmm. You know, got to be in your entrepreneurship bag. Oh yeah, whatever. Some this nonsense. No days off. Yeah, all grind, no glory. No days off. And you know, you can't even have a hobby. You can't have a hobby unless it's justified as being a side hustle. Yeah, dude, that's like, so toxic. What is that? I, I, I've I've seen that so often where it's like you're like somebody's good at art or somebody's like good at music and they're like oh so when are you playing in a a concert like you know are you doing gigs like are you talking to promoters like nah bro i just play guitar like relax like (laughs) like sometimes that's just what you want you know what i mean and it's totally fine if if that's not what you want and you should definitely go pursuing your dreams but like there is this pressure to to like make your side hustle and like make the most out of whatever you do and you know make the most out of whatever you do is interpreted differently but um, I think it's being interpreted as it needs to make you money. It needs to further your career. It needs to like make you famous. It needs to make you a TikTok star. Like, but sometimes it, it's good to just do things because you enjoy doing them. Um, so, for example, like I've started to realize that like photography is one of those things that I just like doing. Like, I'm not really, I don't really want to do paid shoots anymore. Like, I don't, I don't really want to like do wedding photography and things like that. Like, I don't want to like, you know, shoot up my friends for money or like take headshots, like LinkedIn headshots, like. I, I want to just take pictures that I think are dope, bro. Like, and, and yeah. not worry about money. Cause like, you know, I have a job, like I'll get my money with my job. And like with photography, mm-hmm. all I want to do is like kind of explore my artsy side. And like, you know, I, I don't really care about my photography Instagram either. Like I'm not going to like post pictures cause it goes with my feed. Like I'm going to post pictures that I think were like cool. Like, and, and not, not worry about like, Oh, is somebody going to find my photography page and discover me? And like, you know, am I going to get to shoot like models and shit? Like, nah, bro, I, I don't really, yeah. I don't even want to shoot people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I've been trying to like take a step back and I found that it, it makes things a lot more fulfilling for sure. When you, when you start like for, for me personally, and this is the case for photography and not necessarily all my hobbies, but when I started doing it because I genuinely enjoyed doing it, not because of pressure from other people to like, you know, the next thing to do once you've done this is to get a job doing this, right? Like once you've shot yeah. like this event, like you should shoot one of these events so that way you can get a wedding gig. And once you get a wedding gig, you can do this and you can make this much money. And like, no, I don't, like, I just want to shoot things that are, I think look cool. You know, like that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 that's a good point too. I feel like ideally everyone should have an art form that they take up. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be anything. Um, Art is one of those really unique things where regardless of how many people are in the like in that field, in that industry, whatever like I don't know what you want to call it, you still have some value to bring. And that comes from you being your own niche. Like mm-hmm. art is one of those things that is extremely unique to that individual. And 
it's uh, I feel like there's almost like an obligation to share it with the world. It's you you can't replicate the experiences that you've gone through. Like no other person in this world has gone through those exact same things that exact same sequential order. So when it comes to people figuring out like what kind of value can I put out into the world, that experiences the experiences that you've gone through is exactly that. You can start from that point, and if it comes from a place of it sounds kind of cliche but if it comes from a place of like love and not something where it's predatory you just want to make money off of it right yeah you can really touch a lot of lives Mm -hmm. like people will look towards you to learn some of the lessons that you've gleaned that they may not have been able to otherwise so Mm -hmm. it's 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 such a beautiful thing and you know i i really love the way that gary v approaches a lot of these things Mm -hmm. like you know he's he's a guy that really like he he comes from the heart from everything that he says right and you that whole he does mention this a lot too like you are your own niche so don't worry about what everybody else is doing take advantage of the position that you're in in life mm-hmm. and just make that an art yeah no that's that's really good advice i like that you mentioned gary v because he's definitely someone I, I like listening to and yeah some people might mm-hmm. think he's cringy and stuff but i think it's so positive to have positivity in your ears sometimes, you know, like regardless of if it's cringy, regardless of whatever it is, having good positive exposure, like, you know, like scrolling through your feed and seeing something good instead of something bad is so important, like something that uplifts you or whatever. Uh, but anyways, bringing it back to the topic, like, yeah, like I think there's definitely that pressure to like make the most of your side hustle and that kind of just goes along with like, you know, feeling behind. Um, and I think there's so many cultural forces that play behind that. I don't know if you've ever read um, The Defining Decade um i have not no by meg j heard of it so the defining no. decade by meg j um i'm not exactly sure when this book was released but um it's basically a guide to not feeling lost in your 30s and 40s uh but it's essentially like why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them it's by a phd uh-huh. in like clinical psychology or something um meg j and okay like there's there's like a few key points they t- they touch upon and I think like they're really good points to like kind of highlight in order to feel like like you're making progress or something rather than always feeling behind in your 20s. Um, and so some of the key points that she talks about, um, and I think they're really, really important for like, you know, why things like like why, why we have this feeling of feeling behind in our 20s and like, you know, comparing ourselves to others. And I think one of the things they talk about is identity capital. So identity capital is a collection of skills, relationships, and professional sources we build up over our lives. So you can imagine like social capital or human capital, right? Um, in economics, yeah. is just like the amount of humans you have or whatever, like your, your workforce. And, we're, and identity capital is like, I guess, yeah, like literally what I said, the skills, relationships, and professional resources we have. Um, and so um, like we have like similar identity capitals um, as we're in university because a lot of the things we stem from are like things like our peer group, like our friend group, Um, you know, maybe our self-worth comes from our grades, um, our GPA. um, And all those things are like, obviously they're unique to everybody, but um, overall they're very similar. Like there can be somebody with the exact same GPA as you in the same friend group. You know what I mean? Like there's a, a limited range of things you can have in your identity capital um and so like it's very important um to kind of like take that into consideration as a driving force behind these things and to build up your identity capital and so there's like a lot of things that go into that but part of that is like you know when you when you 
want to want to increase your identity capital you should be doing the things that where you'll make the most relationships learn the most and grow the most uh for example like if you if you get a good job at like you know a company where you're passionate about the field there it's a huge company there's a lot of opportunity for professional development and you get another company or you get a job at another company that pays you like three times as much you should take the uh, the first job not the second one because uh, growing that identity capital is what matters in your 20s, you know. Uh, so it's like one of the concepts, but there's a few others. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that that whole concept of identity capital and how like once we don't have that metric anymore, it's it's easy to like feel lost and feel like we're behind. I no, actually, I really like that point. And it seems to kind of echo that you are your own niche. Yeah. And, you know, those experiences through building up your identity capital can help further that um there i can't remember like where i heard this from but when it comes to looking at some of the people who have become like incredibly successful and they seem like they live incredibly interesting and very diverse lives Mm -hmm. and then you look to yourself maybe and you might say like oh man my life is just super boring you know i i I could never like be at that point whatever Mm-hmm. ask yourself when you're confronted with certain choices or decisions in the future you know like if there was a documentary crew following me around right now essentially documenting future me's biography what choice would i make in this moment to tell a more compelling a more interesting Jeez. story in the future Jeez, right that's hard oh, yeah right and yeah. it's such a simple thing but when you think about it that way it makes you more likely to choose that hard choice to do the hard thing, to do the challenging thing. Mm -hmm. Cause at the end of the day, you know, when you, if you're honest with yourself, that's, what's going to make a more interesting story. Mm -hmm. So what do you, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? That, That's a really good thought. Um, You know, I, I, I used to do this thing in high school and it sounds really cringy when I think about it. Um, But at the time it worked for me uh, where I would, you know, if I, if I was like doing something I wasn't proud of, or I was like wasting time, I would think of like, yo, what if my crush was like in this room right now and she could see what I was doing? What would I want her to see I was doing, you know? So so like I'd go work out or I'd like grind, you know, like study or some shit, or I'd like read a book to like artsy, you know what I mean? Like, and there were all things that like I thought would make me a better and more attractive person to my crush. You know what I mean? Like, like the better i do this the more attractive or like if i do these things i'll look more attractive to my crush and i think that that was actually like a really really positive thing in the sense that like it's the same idea where it's like what would you do if somebody's watching you right now you know what i mean like would you be proud to have done this would you be proud to have wasted your night like on your phone and on instagram um right and that that concept i think is that really took me far in high school at least, um, you know, I, I've since not used that technique. But, uh, you know, uh-huh. if there's any girls out there that want me to that. crush on them, uh, I, would be, <laughs> I would be happy to use you. Uh, for They've inspired for you to be a better person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But that kind of echoes, like, the same, like, documentary crew, like, following you. Um, there's a quote by Terrence McKenna. If you're oh, not I knew the, the quote hero... was coming. My bad. <laughs> oh, you knew it right away, right? <laughs> I was ready to write if it. If you're down. not the hero... Uh, if you're not the hero of your own novel, then you need to do some heavy editing. Ooh. And that's a good point of like reflection and think about, and like, I've heard this, is the crazy thing I've heard this from other people, like they're living their lives and 
they feel like oh there's this person that they know or um yeah there's this person that they know that seems to just kind of draw the spotlight towards them mm-hmm. and they seem to be constantly the focus of the story right drawing away from their own narrative which like that's crazy to think that like you're experiencing life as a background character in your own life bro in your own life dude that's that's first off that's kind of sad but second off that's scary you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that you could be a background character in your own life that's a beautiful quote by the way thanks for sharing but like man like I've, I've definitely thought about that too and there's there's been points i think especially you know when we were younger and we compared ourselves a lot now now it's a little different i think because number one i'm, I'm growing more into like a more confident version of myself but um more so because like in, in the beginning like in, in high school and like the beginning of university you compare yourself so much to people i feel like you start idolizing people a lot and you're like you know that's the mm-hmm. guy i want to be like like and you start modeling your life against them and then you realize that like your life is becoming about being them instead of being you. Uh, it sounds super cheesy when I say that out loud, but like there was definitely a lot of moments <laughs> where I was like, you know, like this is the guy I want to be like, like he's so cool. He like, you know, he like, he's so confident. He like works out. He like studies hard. Um, and, and that, that like, obviously it's positive to have good role models and, and to be in the company of good role models. Uh, but to change that narrative to to be about somebody else like does such a detriment to like the development of your own personality you know what i mean i would actually take a bit of a contrarian point of view to that okay and say that um in natural development we need to we not necessarily need to but we inadvertently become play the part of a couple other people and we find bits and pieces of ourselves along the way we learn more about ourselves through mirroring the actions of people we admire. And in doing so, we start to slowly form our own identity. And then eventually mm-hmm. we can learn from those things and become our own person in the future. Taking from it, like our favorite things. Mm-hmm. That would be the most ideal progression. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely a lot of points where people just get stuck in a point where they're constantly has they have this facade, this mask on. Mm-hmm. but being able to move past that point can build, help build a lot of self-confidence because it's hard going through life without a roadmap yeah. and then having that template to kind of follow does definitely yeah, help no, I, it I, makes things a little, a little more simple i 100 percent agree with that actually it's a good point like yeah there are definitely moments where like you know like i would look up in, to people in terms of like being role models for my behavior or like you know certain things that i wanted to adopt and there, it's good because like especially when it's somebody that you can relate to it, it's more of like a, a motivator and more of like a template for your life rather than like mm-hmm. something so aspirational that you can't really achieve it like for the average person like looking to elon musk and be like oh i want to be like elon musk is like you know pretty useless uh because he's just so miles ahead of like wherever you want to be if you if you want to be an entrepreneur or whatever it is um you know in certain aspects of life i'm sure he's behind in others um and, and obviously it's sometimes it's a lot better to to look at somebody your age and, and there is somewhat of a comparison that goes on there but being able to look at that person and be like hey like these are things i want to take from them and learn from them is very very important as well so that's a good point for sure yeah absolutely and i think there's a sorry yeah oh sorry yeah, you're good, you're good. uh i was gonna say i think um you know the whole saying that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with or whatever oh okay yeah 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 that's such a good quote because i i i think i've noticed that so much more once you become aware of it you notice it so much more as you get older because you really have to make an effort to you know talk to people when you're older 
because especially with me being long distance with like all my friends um it's it's very it's a very intentional decision who i call i have to like mm-hmm. choose who to call you know i have to be like yes i want to talk to this person now it's not like um you know i just like walk in i walk like home and then i see my housemates or something like that or i don't like walk home and i see my parents and like i talk to them every night because like i live with them it's more of like a i chose to talk to this person tonight i have things to do i could have called somebody else but i chose to talk to this person and once you start becoming intentional about that you realize that like you start so it's it's weird because it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing but like you the reason you make those decisions is you start realizing that like i chose to talk to this person today because i know that this person is good for me in this way. You know what I mean? And and you start mm-hmm. thinking about it that way and you're like, damn, like, yeah, I'm like already actively pruning things out of my life in order to like become the sum, the net sum of whoever five people I talk to the most. And once you start realizing that, I think it's, I think it's a really, really cool and empowering feeling because you start realizing that you get to choose whoever those five people are. And if you don't like mm-hmm. them, you can find new ones. Um, assuming you're not like completely socially inept. Um, you can probably make new <laughs> friends in new fields, doing new things, doing cool things. You know what I mean? And, and that's a really empowering thing to think about. It's on the flip side of it though. It's also like really, it can be a really painful thing to go through when you start recognizing that, that it's essentially a fact, mm-hmm. um, that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time around. And <laughs> when you realize that the people that you're spending yourself, that you're surrounding yourself with aren't necessarily conducive towards getting you to where you want to be, mm-hmm. that's a painful thing, especially when it may have been people that you've grown up with. Right. Mm-hmm. No, and you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's not healthy to just cut them off. Like, don't do that. I'm sure like, for you have to have gone this far with those people, you've built up the like, incredible memories and forged a really strong bond. But maybe just distance yourself a bit. Be cognizant of, of the amount of time that you're spending with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you yourself are working towards becoming that better person and introducing more people into your life that maybe you can do so towards that, help those, you know, help bring your old friends up with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if and this is another thing, like you are going to be so much happier if all the people around you are successful and happy too. Yeah. Like who wants to be surrounded by people who are just constantly just in their feelings or like sad all day just because they're not getting, they're not at a point where they're, uh, they want to be in life. Mm-hmm. They think they're failures, blah, blah, blah. Positivity is infectious. So if you can't, if you don't have people around you that are contributing to that, start being that first seed for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that that's, yeah. Dude, so many thoughts on that. Um, and that, I think that's a go so well with the theme too, because like you said, like you want to uplift people, but at the same time, you know, you can't, you can't force your beliefs on somebody. You can't. And it's also really easy to be an asshole about things like this, where, you know, you start thinking you're better than somebody because, you know, you're doing oh, this man. or you're doing that. And and you're not yeah. really like the better, it might be better for you to be doing these things, but it doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. And it's really important to remember that um, and not come off as like a condescending asshole. Um, because that's like, that's the number one worst position to be in if you actually want to make a difference in someone's life. Because some people 100%. will just write you off so quickly, right? Um, and it's a big balance between like, you know, like, for example, like, if, if you see a friend that's like morbidly obese, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this. Um, 
and I haven't. So actually, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't even talk about that because you know maybe I don't have the right perspective on that. But I'll give a smaller example. You see a boy, <laughs> and he half reps everything at the gym. He half reps everything. He like benches, and it goes like an inch, like down and an inch up. And he's like, "Yo, I bench like four hundred pounds, bro." And you're like, "Bro, this guy is, does not know what he's doing. He Why looks you dumb. Capping? He's capping." Um, you know, like he, he's not actually deriving any benefit cause like he's not growing muscle because he's not actually doing this exercise. He's squatting like a half rep too, you know, like, and so it's like, you know, if you're really close to somebody, you should feel comfortable being honest with them being like, look, bro, like you're not doing anything in the gym. You know, you're, you're not actually <laughs> lifting any of this. Like it's not making a difference and it's pretty obvious. It's not making a difference. You can tell too. Um, so, you know, maybe you should step it up or maybe you should like, you know, try this instead or like here, I have a couple of suggestions like I've been there before, you know, um, or whatever it is. And that line, you know, obviously you have to be close enough to the person to say this, but like that line between saying that in, in a way that's conducive to the growth and saying that in a way that's like just being an asshole. And you got to remember, they're already comparing themselves to other people. They feel behind, too. And so that line mm-hmm. is so hard to toe. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've had experience with that yeah, in, in being, another context, but I feel like I've had experience being on both sides of that story. And cool, yeah. the hard part is definitely being on the receiving end and having the humility to recognize when, you know, that person's really coming to you from a place of love and they genuinely want to see you succeed mm-hmm. and not just having your own head up so far up your ass that you can't even see that. Yeah. Um, so you just you definitely have to be humble about it and then ask yourself okay like are where are they coming from why are they coming to me with this um this point of view this information and is this something that can benefit me if i were to integrate it into my life yeah and that's why it's so important to the the, the mindset that you have about these things one of the most important things that you can cultivate for a happier healthier more successful future is 100 a growth mindset Mm -hmm. a growth mindset can mean the difference between an opportunity for growth and just an obstacle, just adversity. 100%. You know, it changes, it paints the entire world in a completely new light. Um, I'm reading this uh, book right now called The Magic of Thinking Big. And okay. it's just like, I, I think it's something that like we all intuitively know um, that when we're presented with something that seems a little too grandiose or a mismatch for our present abilities, that we tend to just write ourselves off immediately. Oh, I can never do that. For sure. Or a common thing is like, Oh, I'm not a math person. Oh, yeah. That's something That's you hear a, huge a thing. lot, such right? A huge thing. I, I actually, I'll, I'll talk about this later, but I actually had a conversation with my Uber driver about it. But anyways, continue. About not being a math yeah, person? Yeah, yeah. I want you to continue okay. first, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and this is the thing. Like, we, we, it happens so fast. These, these ants, these automatic negative thoughts. Oh, that's a good term. We don't even, yeah, we don't even, like, recognize it's happening just because it goes unchecked for so long. Mm-hmm. But once you start paying attention to the way that you think about things, you start catching these in their tracks, these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you can get to a point where you start changing the narrative that you're constructing in your own head to start saying, instead of, I can't, I will, that could mean, honestly, like that's a huge difference that you're going to be seeing in the future just because the work, the things that we output into the world are a reflection of the values, the narrative, like the mindset that we have. Like, if you think that you're subpar, you're going to be doing subpar work. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Because you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to start thinking outside of the box. You're going to stop as soon as you've done just enough. Yeah. 
self-belief is so important in the self-belief is so mm-hmm. important and i think we we really limit ourselves by like assuming things about ourselves so like yeah with, i was in a, in a car with with my uber driver the other day and um she was talking about how she she wants to go into the military right so she she's studying for this like military aptitude test and she was like yeah you know like i'm pretty fit physically um you know like i I, I'm pretty good at English and things, but I've always been bad at math. Like, I just like I can't. I, I just I'm not good with numbers. Like, I can't. Like, you know how some people are just good with numbers, and you know. And I was like, huh? Like, pause and let's let's unpack this a little bit. And she's like, yeah, like you know, so, like where, where, what do you work as? I'm like, oh, I'm an engineer. And she's like, yeah, you're, you're just good with numbers, right? I'm like, no, bro, I'm like really bad with numbers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it, and I saw myself, and I was like, you know, like yeah, I think I think I am good with numbers, but like. I'm good with numbers because I really work for it. Like in high school, and if any of my high school friends are listening to this, they can attest. I was not the best kid in math class by far. Um, like grade 12 IB with Mr. Wang. Uh, I had a five out of seven, which is like, I'd be, I'd be scoring is different. So like, that's still like a 90. Yeah. Uh, but like it compared to the IB kids, I was like, not that good at math. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Wang knew too. He predicted me a four actually. And that's why I didn't get into a lot of my programs of choice. Cause, uh, I had a 94 average because of that. Um, okay. So this guy dicked me. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, you know, like, if that story doesn't tell it, like, I can't say what does. Like, you know, people assume that they're good at things or assume that they're bad at things without actually taking the time to think about what it takes to be good at those things. And so bringing this back to the conversation, um, I think a huge thing people do when they when they feel behind in life is they just assume that like things come easily to other people or like, you know, Mm -hmm. this person has this and you know, they they hardly do any work or like they like all this guy does is get offers like job offers. Like, dude, it's not fair. Like, why don't I have a sick job like him? And you only see that, but you forget that there's so much sacrifice going on behind the scenes there. There's so many parties that this guy didn't go to that he wishes he went to. And he feels behind in that sense of life. He's like, yo man, like all my friends had such sick experiences in high school, like talking to girls or like going to parties and stuff, but like I never did. And he feels behind in that, but you're you're like comparing yourself on a different plane of reference. Um, and because yeah. of that, you feel behind in life. So it's very important, I think, to remember that like people aren't one-sided. Like, you know, like this isn't all there is to that person. They're sacrificing a lot to be in that position and it, it's kind of like you got to know you got to know the, the rules of the game where it's like you are not sacrificing that so you shouldn't have that level of success you know what i mean there yeah like there are things that they're sacrificing that if you don't sacrifice you're not going to get this you know what i mean and that's okay you shouldn't feel behind in life you should feel like you're not prioritizing the same things as them and that's okay because you get to choose what you prioritize and you shouldn't be prioritizing everything else mm-hmm. somebody else prioritizes you know what i mean yeah exactly you are your own person mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's a really good point that you made. Like that, we tend to only see the product and not the amount of effort the For the sure. process took to get to that point. Um. Part of the reason I brought up Gary V earlier too was that one thing he firmly advocates for is that it's never too late to start. Like you can be in your forties, you can be in your fifties, you can be in your sixties. And, you know, you could just be starting out. And that's the thing. Like, Another thing that makes successful people so different is that they fall in love with the process so much. Like if they were like 100%, if you were to ask any ultra successful person, they would give up everything that they had just to rewind time, go back to the 20s and do it all over again. 
they fall in love with the process. Um, I remember actually reading, uh, I can't remember where, Doctor, I can't remember where I read this. This is mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago. But basically, they, we know that a lot of people place a lot of emphasis on money, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily keep in mind the value of time. So they, this person proposed this, um, I guess, like this thought experiment to really show how glaringly valuable the time really is to people. Um, so the, the thought experiment goes, if you could have Warren Buffett's entire portfolio, his net worth, everything, all his like cars, his house, actually he doesn't have that many cars, but like, <laughs> like yeah. all his assets... You could be worth, I mean, I'm not sure where he places now, but I think he's probably still in the top five most richest people in the world. Um, if you could have all of that, but it came with it his age, would you take it? And this guy's like, I actually don't know how old he is, but I don't know, he's pretty damn old. He looks pretty old. Yeah, I've seen some videos. He looks pretty old. Part of the reason he looks old though is because like, this guy just eats McDonald's every day. But, oh, is that a thing? He you know, eats it every day? Every, literally every single day like it's part of his routine but Jeez. i the only reason he's able to do that and keep i don't want to say healthy but like he's, he's still alive despite doing all of that yeah yeah is like this alive. guy keeps his stress to a minimum this guy is making sure that he's cutting out as much stress from his life as possible mm-hmm. and he's leading a so much more happy life for it and it's reflecting in his body too for sure to be able to eat mcdonald's every day at that age are you crazy Dude, I can't but, even eat McDonald's at this age, bro. I'd be looking a little chubby. That's what I'm saying, bro. Get the runs, you know? Oh, man. Um, but, like, yeah, going back to that that thought experiment, like, when when framed in that light, money really isn't worth it. Because, like, when you're at that age, you don't have much time left to spend it on. Mm-hmm. And some of the things you may want to spend it on might even just lead to an early grave. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really important to keep that in mind, too, that trade-off between time money and like life like mm-hmm. trade-offs are so important and, and one of the reasons i love software engineering as a field is because it's pretty much centered around trade-offs like or engineering as a field in general is like centered around the concept of trade-offs right we have a time space trade-off which is like the most fundamental trade-off in software engineering um then there are like you know other trade-offs that come along with the field too but there is this trade-off wait sorry just to interject yeah. could you just like elaborate on that a bit or actually like after the point you're going to make but the time space trade-off is yeah yeah so i I can expand on that so like yeah there's the concept of the time space trade-off where you know the programs take a certain time complexity i.e like it takes a certain amount of time to do something so let's say you write a program to write to like sort a deck of cards right um and you know it takes time to execute every step um there's this concept of time complexity where like you know as a, a like the deck of cards gets bigger you're going to have to take more time and then um, et cetera, et cetera, right? But there's there's also like the concept of space complexity in the sense that like as the deck of cards gets bigger, you have to remember more cards. So your space complexity also gets bigger, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there is a way where like there is a trade-off that exists in the sense that if you knew every single card at every single position and you could keep all that memory in your program, it would be really, really easy to sort it because you, you knew where everything was already, Right. Um, be, so you could just put it in in the spot it's supposed to be because you already know everything, okay. right? And you hold that in memory. But if you don't know anything except the top level card you're looking at, it takes a long time to sort it, right? Right. Um, so there's that trade off that exists, and it's a fundamental problem in software engineering where sometimes you like you can't get any better unless you sacrifice space, 
and use more space. And sometimes you can't get better any better unless you sacrifice time. Right. Um, okay. And I mean better in the space domain and better in the time domain respectively. Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's like a fundamental problem. It's like what matters more to you in this instance? Does space matter more or does time matter more? Are you doing a program where like somebody has to respond instantly with an image um, or like you're clicking, like, for example, like clicking someone's Facebook profile picture, like if it doesn't respond instantly with the image, I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to wait for it to load. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, ma- yeah, yeah. Mads are not trying to wait for that to load, right? And so that's like a time issue. But then, you know, to satisfy that time issue, what they do is they make that image like low quality. And so space is traded off there, right? They're using less space right. for increasing time. So, right. so it's, or sorry, yeah, like they, they reduce their space so that it could be really quick, but it's not as good of a quality yeah. image. If it was a really high quality right. image, then it would take a long time to load. You know, like that's a trade-off example right there. Um, so, I mean, this has been a long analogy, but connecting it back, um, there is that sort of trade-off in in the sense of like life experiences, time, and money. Like you are going to sacrifice some things to make money right now, and that stuff will be some of your time. You know, like the, you hear all these stories about like, these investment bankers and stuff that go, go to Goldman Sachs like two years out of school or like one year out of school. They work their ass off, you know, they, they work like 90, 100 hour weeks and they can't enjoy their life. And like they, they lose 21 to 25, like completely. Um, and then they, they come out of that and they're making like five mil a year or whatever. Right. Like some ridiculous number. And sure that that that's that's totally fine if that's the decision you make with your life. And I don't think you should feel behind because you're not doing it or behind because you are doing it. But what I do think you need to do is think about this trade offs really hard and think about what you value. Um and that's yeah that, that was my analogy <laughs> <laughs> this is a no it's a really interesting point though considering that it seems that at it doesn't even have to be at the highest levels but with everything that we do there's always seems to be this opportunity cost involved course, with it too. Yeah. um and it's crazy though how so look using that that analogy for example right it seems like when considering how spoiled we are with uh, technology these days we expect like instantaneous gratification mm-hmm. or instantaneous reception of the way we navigate the web right or just the internet technology and we tend to be stingy with our time if it's taking too long to load something we're like oh i don't have the time for this yeah but we'll continue then to pour our time into another like social media app or something like that yeah completely like it's i don't know why it seems so backwards that we're so stingy when it comes to wasting our time but we're also not at the same time yeah if that makes sense when you look at it from that lens uh-huh. but and i think when it comes to creativity too we can see that there's a lot of people and this is like one of the more fundamental plagues over time is that we don't know how to be bored anymore yeah just because we have our phones all the time right mm-hmm. like if we're even the remotest we have this re- most remote sense of being bored we'll just pull out our phone to alleviate that there was this um psychological experiment that was conducted where they kept um uh participants in this waiting room mm-hmm. and they had this little like buzzer next to them this little button and if they pressed it they would receive like this small electric shock right. and I, I mean, like, if I were, if I were to ask you to guess but how many basically of them people it, would rather do that than be bored, right? So like, yeah, guess people a low number because it's pain, but like at the end of the day, a ton of people did it because they were so bored that they just needed something ridiculous. Yeah. 
ridiculous that you would rather feel pain than just be bored <laughs> like, <laughs> yo i'm a masochist like that <laughs> um no yeah. yeah no that's a super like, interesting yeah, like, thought for sure um mm-hmm. i think like to, to rewind it a bit i think you said something really really interesting with the uh, the whole like it feels like like it feels so counterintuitive to like be wasting this time but also be spending this time for another waste and i think i i recently read something in this book called the slight edge which my um my housemate recommended actually liam shout out liam um it was a really good book and uh there's this one concept they talk about where um you know it focuses on like making the daily small improvements to your life um and the thing about these daily small improvements and like the slight edge that separates the ultra successful from like regular people is that these things are really really easy to do and really really easy to not do so Mm. it's really easy to do them and it's really really easy to not do them so for example it's really easy to eat some broccoli and chicken and it's really easy to just go home and eat mcdonald's and or uber eats it Mm -hmm. both are equally as easy and because those decisions are so easy and so minuscule they add up over time and they compound and they result in you know whatever years of results you get at the end of the day and all these decisions are really easy it's really easy to wait an extra three seconds but it's so easy to just switch apps you know what i mean um and like that sort of problem i think is, is is such an interesting thing um so yeah i don't know what your thoughts are on that that's a really interesting point actually um there's i guess like another one of those things is like the five minute rule that seems it seems to be like a lot of things that ultra successful people employ too mm-hmm. if it takes less than five minutes to do it just do it like right there just on the spot no excuses sure. get it done and just seeing like the amount of productivity that can come from that is actually pretty crazy i mean a lot of people if you look at their inbox their email inboxes is actually abysmal this is having like 200 i've actually seen like <laughs> thousands of unread emails sometimes oh i hate that pet peeve yeah yeah it's crazy um but uh, yeah again another thing with i guess we just we keep using successful people as like a model for even despite this whole premise of feeling behind in life but the reason there's a reason they've gotten to that point outside of that if they were born into it but one of those other reasons is that they completely cut out excuses from their lives like if there's something that they're faced with that they don't know how to do they don't just give up there they'll kind of lay the foundations or find the resources needed to be able to overcome that and like learn how to do it and they have the self-confidence to persist through the the initial failures because a lot of people like they just automatically expect that they'll be they expect that they're gonna that they're gonna be good at it as soon as they pick it up and if they're not they just give up mm-hmm. just on the spot which it doesn't make sense right you'd expect those those first few failures mm-hmm. um and then when you look at those people who have gone to a point where like, the, the grandmasters or the, these concert pianists, whatever, mm-hmm. they've failed way more times that the masters failed way more times than the beginners even tried. Yeah. And yeah. just let that sink in for a second because think about how painful failure is to us and think about how often they had to, to fail to be able to get to a point where they're doing everything seemingly so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the that time seemingly is crazy, so effortlessly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It seems to us. It seems to us like we're so far behind. It seems to us like they have this perfect life. It seems like, you know, like we will never catch up. And those are the things that like, I don't know. Yeah. Brings us to today's topic. Product um, versus process, right? Yeah. I don't know. Do, do you want to continue this or? 
So yeah, just to wrap up real quick, um, there are a lot of things we talked about in this episode, Um, you know, like from feeling like you're behind to like, you know, what are the underlying psychological reasons and and reasons we're feeling that particularly right now in this age of social media, but also in this age of time where uh, we're changing and going through different things in our lives and, you know, comparing ourselves using different metrics and different identities. But then also like, you know, what are some strategies through which you can you can try and improve your life? And, And also like, when you feel like this, when you think about it, um, how can you actually think about it in a logical way so you don't feel like you're just behind and struggling and, and you'll never catch up to somebody? Um, so, yeah, those are some of the cool things we talked about today. Damien has some thoughts yeah. as well. Yeah, and I feel like this is, I mean, these are one of those conversations you can more definitely have like a heart-to-heart about because it seems to be something that, I don't know, transcends science sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. I definitely do want to have more conversations like this in the future too where we can really pour our own experiences into this mm-hmm. and uh we'll yeah we'll definitely keep that coming so if there's any definitely. other suggestions that you guys would like to hear about episode topics you would love to hear them let and, us know uh, and to the yeah, adultverse at know. gmail.com because uh, we don't yes. have a domain yet <laughs> but, <laughs> big things coming soon though yeah and always remember um if you ever feel like you're loafing and you can't get anything done just picture your crush watching you and thinking you're waste. And then you'll get up and do <laughs> stuff. I promise you. Yeah. And uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsor for this episode, self-love. We need <laughs> a bit more of that every day. Absolutely. That's a whole topic in and of itself. And we should talk about that a lot more. But, you know, for another episode. Next heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, right. man. Cheers. Love Good you guys. Stuff. Love you guys. <laughs>